Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Variant O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin, and we are, are going to once again solve all the world's problems. All of them, every single one. Every right. single one of them. Now, so uh, we're... So we're talking about a couple of different things today. We're talking about the the New York State budget. I, I put in the the title of the episode of banning Gore-Tex in New York because that was that was one thing that caught my eye about this. I, I looked up the reason why, and we can we can discuss like whether or not it makes sense um, why they're banning Gore-Tex. Uh, uh, we can talk about Trump uh, his uh, charges, charges pending pending charges. But, yeah, on their way. Wait, did did he end up getting arrested? He, I don't think he didn't end up getting. Yeah, no, he didn't end up getting arrested, right? He he did not get arrested today. Not so yet. New York City is supposed to be today. Yeah, the, Albany is prepped for for this impending protest that's gonna. Yeah, happen. I kept waiting for the like the the news to break. Like, okay, is it is it gonna gonna finally happen? It never it never broke, and by about two thirty, they pretty much all the. Uh, as you guys know, I listen to a little bit of the the talk radio. I'm I'm a little invested in talk radio, um, and, and they they had given up hope that he was going to get arrested today. They were they were sad. They they definitely want him to get arrested. He's going to go on the run now. He's he's going to flee the country. Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, and uh, and then we'll talk about. Um, you know, it's, I saw this interesting clip of Tucker Carlson. He was talking with Ben Shapiro yeah, about a bunch of things, um, but but part of it was him uh, wanting to ban like self driving trucks. And so we'll talk a little bit about AI and yeah, I know this this interesting like populist bent among conservatives too. Like we talk a bit about that. Um, I'm, I'm down with talking about AI. I think there's a um, a sort of a I, I don't want to call it a paranoia, but a, a perception that AI is um, our enemy. And like, look. The government can make killer robots for sure. Like, there's no doubt about that. They already have them. But yeah, AI in and of itself Tim. is is perhaps a philosophical uh, issue that we should discuss. Because yeah, no, we'll we'll talk about that. And you know, like I I'm I'm a little bit of a like a jerk about it sometimes. And I recognize uh, in in terms of allaying people's maybe legitimate, maybe not fears about AI. Right. I'm just like, nah, suck it up. Like, just just deal with it. it it's just, just deal cool. with it. But uh, but we'll we'll talk about that whether or not I should be more sympathetic, um, and uh, or, or whether or not uh, AI is gonna doom us all, and uh, and if we should outright ban it. I that that's that's what people are thinking. Yeah, I, I I've seen it. Um, so seen a little bit of that. So we'll we'll talk about all that stuff. Um, so so we're gonna go live in just a minute. And of course. Y'all know the drill, the folks listening tonight. Uh, leave your comments if you have something insightful to say, something that can add to the show. Maybe we'll read on air. And uh, we're going to go live in 10 seconds. Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution.
and welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson here today, joined by Tim the Freaking Varian O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin. I'm here. All right, thanks for joining us, folks. Say, I'm, I'm, I'm here. You're here. <laughs> you're here. I'm you're here. you're doing the show. You're still talking about liberty. I am. I'm going dedication. To. Yeah, I'm saying can't stop him. Can't you stop Tim. Can't stop me. I I talked about liberty for two hours last night with a couple of fellow libertarians in Tuelli or Tuli, Utah. Yeah, still here, still here, but uh, and so we got a few topics up for today. We we have the. New York State budget stuff, you know, I, I put in the title of the show, again, if you're you're listening on WYSL, you can't see this, but I put in the title of the show for our live stream on the Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, Free Solution uh, group, the Tim Pages, the Kevin Pages, all those. I, I put banning Gore-Tex New York, but, but really, we're going to talk about uh, all the, the New York State budget issues uh, all together. And uh, but uh, of which banning Gore-Tex is is one of them. And and I want to talk about why. Do you have strong feelings about uh, like because uh, I saw this on a tweet from uh, another local radio. It's about banning Gore-Tex, which is really a, a type of clothing that's getting banned in New York State. Uh, Tim, do you have strong feelings about that? that clothing? I, I have strong feelings about the process through which they enact some of these things. They use this this method of budget reconciliation where they take controversial issues, put them in the budget and just say, there's a new law for you. Congratulations. Um, banning yeah. Gore-Tex, I, it's interesting because- Something it's, done it's, at the federal and state level, like just, it, just just pack it all in there instead of having its own separate debates. Correct. Like, should we ban this thing? They, they do, it. it's anti-democratic the way that they yeah. do it. And I'm not necessarily a big fan of democracy pure-blooded, you know, winner takes all 51% or 50.1% of the population gets to tell me what to do with my life kind of democracy. But there are legitimate functions of a democracy, one of which should, in fact, be debating issues on the floor of your House of Representatives, regardless of whether it's the federal level or the state level. And certainly our overpaid representatives do their best to take the easy route out. Yeah, no, that's that's what happens all the time. Um, and so, well, let me give a little context to, to what this is. So, the reason why they're talking about banning like Gore-Tex is it's not that specific. Like Gore-Tex is a brand, but it's it's related to banning. Uh, certain chemicals in clothing that have already been banned in food packaging and restricted in um, in cookware as well, called PFAS. Um, and it's um, I, I'm going to totally mess up the name, but per floral alcohol and uh, polyfloral alcohol substances. Uh, so, the, but PFAS, the forever chemicals that you see, there, there are some good reasons to ban certain types of these chemicals, which do get in the waterways it most of it was related to like cookware like like uh like non-stick cookware type of stuff right and they had this like long half-life so it took like decades to break down uh they have different iterations of that now that break down a lot quicker so it doesn't like hang out for as long but uh a lot of these state governments um and and state and federal environmental agencies are cracking down on the use of these chemicals which do have useful properties like non-stick and waterproofing and other things like that 
Um, and so like, I, I, I kind of get that and I get like the ban on some of these chemicals, which haven't really been in use for, you know, 15, 20 years now, the ones that are around for decades, but in short term, in large enough exposures, they can cause like kidney issues and, in in like certain types of cancers. So that's why New York state did it. Like that's, that's the nice version of that. Any thoughts on that, Tim? Technically, I think you're making the case that they're doing what they always do, right? They find an issue that the issue's been resolved. They, they're they not quite comfortable that the issue's been resolved. And and so they, they have to virtue signal. They have to be stunning and brave. And they have to say, now we're going to blame. Now, now that no one's using these chemicals to any extent that like they used to, now we're going to ban them. And, and they follow the lead of like, the great and wise Gavin Newsom and, and the illustrious leaders in California, like they yeah, can do California is the other state that did this. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, so look, it, it, it's again, this, this thing, this constant nonstop barrage of virtue signaling so that they, they feel as though they're entitled to say, give us another raise, you know, like we're really working hard for you yeah. guys. Doing now, something. It, it does bring up a libertarian conundrum for me though, Kevin, like, these chemicals are probably not that good for you, right? Like they're, yeah. And, and so the, the free market reacted once they found out these things weren't that good for you, but, but who's, who's going to tell you that, Hey, this great new chemical that does all sorts of wonderful things is going to turn your liver to dust in three months. Like right. obviously like, it brings up that issue of safety and one issue of yeah, safety. Well, like in the, like negative externalities, right? Like, sure. you know, the, the thing about like the, the thing that people always like to dismiss about liberty is, Oh, you want to let the free market run amok and do whatever. It's like, no, no. Like if what you are doing has a negative impact on the people or the environment around you, there is a legitimate case for restricting that activity. Right. Because the moment you hurt people or take their stuff, there's a legitimate case for intervention, whether it's private intervention and having the market like shift away from that activity or government intervention. You're hurting people, so we're able to use force to prevent you from hurting people, right? And the 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 sticking point is where where do you draw that line of what is a legitimate hurt and what are the benefits of that that chemical or that process? Like, because we could say the same thing about like fossil fuels and stuff too. Like, do the benefits outweigh the costs of of whatever is being imposed on the environment. Correct. And, and like, but let's make no mistake. There's reasons for me to find fault with the government being the arbiter of this, because the government gave us that food pyramid where you eat 20 <laughs> servings of grain and turn into a fat tub of lard. Okay. Like yeah. they, they, I'm not sure that we can, who, who do we trust in this issue where, where we're obviously seeing businesses and virtuous people pay politicians for laws and regulation like how who, how do we know who to trust kevin uh that's a great question i don't know <laughs> it's, it's a it's no a conundrum idea. i'm loaded with conundrums you know and that's that's i mean generally i i i don't always like reflexively go with don't trust the government but like I do have a bias that way. Well, I don't. I don't blame you because we could take a look at the baby formula shortage. We could take a look at the um, insulin issues, and we could say that the government created 
very specifically and very easily discernibly created those issues with overt regulation and overt market control and overt profiteering on behalf of their their donor class and and then they blame rich billionaires like hidden in some closet somewhere rubbing their you know hands like i've got the money and you know and they contributed to it they know they contributed to it unless they're actually that incompetent that they don't realize that their regulations contributed to this and we create these disasters. The government has to swoop in and save us. And 40% of the population goes, oh, thank you. Thank you. You saved us. And so it, it drives me a little bit crazy, yeah. obviously. <laughs> no, a little bit. Um, I, I, I do want to read this this funny comment from a Facebook user before we move on to a new topic. It said, uh, anonymous Facebook user says, I never heard of Gore-Tex making edible undies. No, I, I don't think they're eating the Gore-Tex. No, it's you not, don't. that's not how they're getting uh, New York State is alleging chemicals are getting into the environment or into people. They're, they're uh, hopefully, the maybe not. Maybe I mean, maybe the government needs to make a law. There, there ought to be a law, Tim. Yeah, um, I I have no comment on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's weird for me because I feel like I should have something you, to say. Usually you got something to say. But I'm afraid that it shouldn't go out on air. Let's put it that way. There you go. Um, so let, let's talk about a couple of the other things associated with the New York State budget, too. Uh, there's the uh, the New York State tax on streaming services. Uh, your Netflix, Spotify, others going to get more expensive, um, most likely, if, if this tax ends up making it through. I mean, maybe it won't, but uh, uh, 8% tax. How high is the tax? 8%? Eight percent. Think of all the programs that they can fund with that. I mean, people probably spend <laughs> billions and billions of dollars right here. In what, are, what are we doing with that money? You know, like yeah. we just probably wasted on dumb stuff like food and you know electricity lottery tickets for the children. I mean, I buy lottery tickets for the kids. I mean, those those things. I don't need those things. You know what I mean? Like, I could do without. I could pay a little bit more for Netflix, and and kids can have chocolate milk in their classroom you're welcome america probably mandated um, <laughs> mandated chocolate milk um, yeah, no <laughs> it's it's for their health bro it's got it's got vitamin d it's you know calcium mandate chocolate milk it, it's... yeah but um no so so we might get this tax though on on streaming services however defined by new york state again not in the budget it's not it hasn't officially happened yet but uh, th this is one of those things where it's a tax on everyday people, right? Like the, the I, I think most people, not everyone, but but a lot of people, regardless of income, have like some streaming service. Uh, yeah. You know, I think I got a couple at this point. I, I actually pay for Netflix. I actually pay for Spotify. Um, oh, you do? You pay for Spotify? I I I, I do. My my wife really wanted Spotify, and so she got. It, a family account nice so we got spotify um that's pretty cool Are we my yeah. wife is also the the stream venue purchaser i i bought netflix several years ago when i got really mad at the cable company and canceled my cable um and so that's like all right you guys can have netflix that's it and so my wife got paramount plus and she got hulu and yeah um disney channel and uh, yeah we got we got disney plus that one and a couple of them right you know it's so, so either way, though, New York State's going to make that more expensive for families who, you know, like 
a lot of them initially got some of these services like you like they didn't want to pay for cable anymore so all right like we don't need all of these things i know like if you're getting 15 different services is more expensive cable but you know if you only have one or two at a time it's yeah. it's cheaper it saves you a bit of money uh, and you still have access to some entertainment right yeah um my Paramount so, Plus doesn't stream right to my Chromecast, though. It, it hesitates. And, like, if you're watching a sports game, the guy's going to go up and take a, 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 a shot at the basket, and the frame is going to freeze, and you're never going to uh, know whether he scored or not. It It's so bad, it gives me a headache. I can't watch it. I don't know. So what to, i got to get rid of it. So it's terrible. I'll, I'll say my, my, only, my only criticism of, of that was, like, when I was trying to watch the Bills game, but I was hanging out with my brother in Florida, it's like, well, you, you're not in New York State right now, so you can't stream the Bills game. Like, why? No, it's stupid. Like that's the whole point of having one of these services is so I can stream the Bills game from wherever I want. You can only stream your local channel for CBS, Paramount Plus, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I have to stream the Florida channel. The Bills game wasn't playing. They were playing the Browns, so like they weren't playing on the local CBS channel. So oh, that that is an injustice, Kevin. So you you either have to like deal with it or people find other alternatives they they pirate stuff or they you know fake their location they do all sorts of like crazy stuff to get around <laughs> but but anyway that that that's a tangent for for another day um you know so let's see we got we got a couple more minutes left so yeah new york state like i, I think it it's a tax like you and i like not not hard to guess our position folks we're, we're libertarians we're, we're going to be against the new tax you know it's, it's oh it's going to raise 67 million dollars for what like for what for what for what that's the question for what to grow jobs in the government for their friends it's government is a job creation program for elected officials friends and families we have a, a Oh, it's uh, actually so, so you want to know what's actually supposed to be like going towards public transit oh oh good well there you go i can't wait for public transit to come to my door pick me up drive me to massachusetts for my next big solar job pick me up from my job site take me to my hotel and then bring me back i just can't wait for that level of public transit you're gonna benefit so much tim i just you're welcome and who's going to carry my dang tools? Uh, is there a trunk in this public transit? Like, is that going to work? Carry a bag, just a big bag oh, of God. tools. I'll quit. Just... I'll just stop working. That'll be. <laughs> You're going to need to buy. Uh, you get a second seat, but um, yeah, you know, no, it's it's not it's possible. Tim. If, public if... transit is another virtue signal, man. Like, if it doesn't work, stop forcing it. Like, there's areas where it works. Okay, Rochester, Long Island. Okay, like. New York City, okay. Yeah, you'd think it works in Rochester. What's that? You'd think it would work in Rochester. You would, you would like it to work. You would like it. It should. I, I would I would legitimately love to have a great public transit system or mass transit system in Rochester that I, I can use and is convenient to me. And it's just it's just not like like there it, it should absolutely be, but like it's it's just not like it doesn't doesn't come frequently enough. Doesn't go where I want to go. It. I'm able-bodied. I just ride my bike places. I, like, I mean, it, it'd know, be like five degrees out. I'm like, try, try catch a bus or drive or ride my bike. Like, I'd rather ride, like, ride my bike or drive than take a you bus. Just, like, you just, just need just, a strong leader that's going to make the trains run on time, Kevin. Everything will apparently. be fine. 
Like they, like they, I, I could have taken them. Like they, there was a bus that actually like went out to the office park where I worked a little while, like uh, a couple years ago. But in order to take that bus, I would have had to wait. It would, I would have been like waiting and or on transit for like fifty minutes each way, <laughs> and I would have had to like get on that thing at like five forty five at night. Like it just like why would I do that? Or I could spend fifteen minutes in the car each way, like. Like, it's it's literally just as quick to ride my bike for me. Like I, the the externalities, Kevin. You have to be concerned about the environment. You're yeah. obligated to be concerned about the environment. Three four hours of your day when you have a growing kid and a wife at home, nothing. Okay, yeah. get on that bus, man. Too You're much doing time. it for the kids, the other kids, not your kid, because your kid's not going to know for you. For the future kids, for my yeah, for great great grandkids. Yeah. yeah, his his kids. That's- and so, and again, I, I say as someone who likes transit, like when I when I lived in D.C., I generally liked using the transit. Where when I studied in Berlin, I liked that system. It's just Rochester, like whether it's there's not enough volume or it's not organized well enough, like it doesn't it doesn't work for me. You need a stronger leader. I yeah, wish it did. That's all. Rochester yeah. needs a stronger leader. <laughs> that's, that must be it, or at least the Rochester Transit Authority. I don't know it, it needs to revolve around my needs. Is so if you're listening to this, like please make it like Kevin focused is, is what I'm really asking for. That's that's then it would work. I, I can I have envisioned a day. How are we doing on time? Uh we have two minutes. Okay, so I've envisioned a time where mass transit goes to this whole you'll own nothing kind of thing where it is literally <laughs> you call a car, it comes and gets you, it takes you where you want to go. And it becomes part of a bigger system. You don't have to. Own they they sort of have that in Rochester too. That's that's a wild part. It just doesn't like work quite as well as you'd hope. Like yeah. you you can like order a bus on demand. It, it it seems like that on some level should work if the units were small enough. It could and and kind of self driving. I think it could work. Yeah, but it would change. It, the- it, it it should. Maybe we'll get there. I would like it to. Like I said, I, I like the idea of like mass transit. Like it's, it's cool. Like I know people freak out about like, you'll own nothing. Like, like I, if you live in a dense enough area, like it doesn't uh, bother me to like not own a car. Like if I can get around most places, right. again, I, I don't always take a car if I don't need to, if it's nice enough out, but uh, like, it's just, it has to be good enough to be useful to folks. And it's not, if it's something that's going to take three hours out of your day, Right. We ain't going to do it. It has to organize around your self-interest and your desires, right? And your self-interest is your family, your job, and getting to exactly where you want to go in a timely fashion. And mass transit obviously can't meet very much of those needs. Yeah. Sorry for that. Till we get to self-driving cars. But that's the topic that we're going to save for later in the show. It's a good segue. End of the show. We're going to talk about about the the self-driving, self-driving trucks, self-driving cars, all that stuff. Uh, and we're, we're coming up to a break here on a free solution. Thanks folks who are joining us here on WYSL and for folks who are joining us in the live stream. Appreciate both of y'all listening. We're going to be back in a few minutes. Talk to you soon. A free solution. All right. It was gonna to try to tease the uh, the AI segue there a little bit. We got to kind of open no, up good. minds because that's the only way. Like individual driving units that you don't own, 
the individual delivery units of human capital, right? Um, I had this long, long, long ass conversation with a friend of mine when we were driving back and forth to jobs about how we could revolutionize the trucking industry without truck drivers. It, the pathways are very accessible. They're already there. We're imagining big, huge trucks driving down the road. Imagine it differently, right? Imagine thousands of small things delivering all sorts of packages everywhere. Like it, it could work. I'm telling you. I mean, it, it's going to be that way with like drones and stuff. <laughs> exactly. It would be like a hat. Like I just, we had this whole thing. You could like on ramps and off ramps. You could basically go under them in a culvert, right? And basically you could still have people driving on them. You could still use driverless transportation to haul materials, um, goods, and uh, all sorts of products. We don't need, I, I used to, it was something I talked about a lot back when I was running for office that I, my truck driver friends, I'm like, you guys got to find another job because you guys are done. Computers it's, are taking over. Yeah. I'm like, it's it's going to be a thing. Like, I don't think it's going to be the elimination of like all truck drivers. And I know we should save some of this for a show, but like, sure, it's, it's definitely going to change like how people interact with like what they're doing. And, you know, is there going to be like a last mile actual driver interaction like you're going to need to have people like there to like monitor the systems. Like it's, it's going to change. And again, I, I say this with a lot of sympathy for truck drivers. Like I've spent a lot of my time in my professional career marketing to recruit truck drivers and trying to understand the industry. Like that's part of like right. what I do for my job. Um, and yeah, like it's going to be tough. So we'll, um, but we'll talk about that. And I'll also, uh, we'll, we'll get to this comment from, um, Sorry, you guys are getting some ASMR here. My nice beer pour. Left hand nitro stout. You're like a pro Not a sponsor, beer, but... Kevin. It's like you did it for a living. That's what you do with stouts. Yeah. Pour hard. You got it. You know, gotta let that. But let me get this comment from John who says, uh, putting school kids in RTS, best idea ever, tongue in cheek. Um, this John on, on YouTube. Yeah, so like for those of you who don't know, like you're you're not from the Rochester area, they uh they the city school district, at least for the older kids, they they use a public uh transit system to get kids to school, which like sort of makes sense intuitively. Like you you, you know, you have this the this this thing, buses are going all around, you just give the kids the passes and then they, they get to where they need to go. Um, especially since like Rochester you're not necessarily guaranteed to go to a school close by you, um, which is that, that, that's a whole thing. Two failing systems with one bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, like, but again, like it, it, it sort of makes sense, right? Like, sure. Okay, like you, you already have this infrastructure in place. The buses already going certain places. But what ends up happening? The reason why this ends up being like a big issue in Rochester is that most of the bus routes they're they're not like just straight bus routes across the city. They go and then they drop everyone off at like a central transit hub. And then even if it's on the same bus line going like the same route, like that you go to a transit hub, have to transfer to a new bus and then go to whatever your next destination is. So now imagine every single weekday morning, every high school kid in the city is going to the same spots around the disaster. same time. That's what could go wrong. Yeah. Gang violence, uh, petty arguments, girls and boys fighting over stupid stuff like what a freaking dumb idea 
Yeah. So like that's that that's where it kind of goes wrong. Like it's like the idea like sort of makes sense for like yeah, I guess we should just like like kids have these passes and they can use this system. We don't have to pay for extra buses to do this thing. But then that's that's the flip side to it. It's like like a like when when I was it, part of the reason why I didn't want to use the bus when I was like, all right, I can walk, run, or ride my bike four miles to like this spot and another thing in the city, or I could catch a bus and it would take me forty five minutes. It would take me twenty minutes to get to the central hub, and then another twenty five minutes to get to where I need to actually go. And I'm I'm gonna have a bus layover at this transit center where there's gonna be hundreds to thousands of teenagers there. Like, no oh. thanks. That sounds terrible. I don't. Really? I don't want to do that. Don't want to do that at all. I, who would want to? Who in their right mind would want to do that? The kids, yeah. because it would become part of their culture, right? Like, yeah, right, sure. Tomorrow at the, at the central location, we're gonna whatever. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. We're all gonna whatever. In a way, it could be good if there's they maintain some social, you know, compassion yeah. for each other. But I could see where it would get. Yeah, it, can, know, it like, can go off the rails quick. Last night's basketball game would be revisited with the, the poor refing or or the cheap shot that somebody took. It, nah, it'd be a bad yeah, there, there, there are ways it can, uh, it can go awry. <laughs> yeah, there are ways. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, so. That's, that's, that's definitely a thing. That's, that's Rochester for you again. Yeah. 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 Love it everywhere. Uh, so, so folks, what are we going to talk about next? I don't know if we want to uh, touch on like the the ban on flavored cigarettes thing. That's uh, one more thing, right? That they did. Yeah, and they then uh, we could do the the Trump stuff. Then we got the the Tucker stuff. Yeah, AI guys, we got to talk AI. about AI. And we're going to talk about AI again. Yeah, um, we, we've it's popping up. People are freaking out. They and are. Then, they are. And we've got to yeah. chat about it because I don't think I'm not sure the freaking out is. Um, is where we need to be. It's just going to be a tool that we use and yeah. it's going to get right. sharper. It is. All right, we're going to go back in five seconds. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Variant O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin, and and look, we we, we kind of covered everything as far as New York State, but I guess we kind of missed this whole ban on menthol cigarettes and flavored cigarettes of all kinds. Like, thank you, I guess. I don't smoke thank flavored you. cigarettes, so I don't care. No, not your thing. So, so you're just that's happening to other people. Who yeah. Cares. yeah, they came for the Catholics. I'm not a Catholic. I don't care. You know, they, they came for the flavored cigarettes. I don't smoke flavored cigarettes. I don't care. <laughs> it, it, like, a lot of these flavors have already been, like, banned by the feds too like there's you know they, they had uh done a whole bunch of stuff um and without government who would protect us from flavored yeah. cigarettes i know we'll say like I, I know like the the senate wasn't like too keen on taking that up it sounds like uh when i was last looking at it so we'll, we'll see if it ends up going anywhere but something that, to, to watch out for if that's something you care about like to me i'm like i generally don't think these things should be banned um and there's you know there's debate about like th that kind of ends up being paternalistic like oh we're doing this because like flavored cigarettes particularly menthols disproportionately impact consumption in the african-american community so really this is good, a good thing and, and we need to step in and intervene because this is for equity 
all right that every that. 12 seconds on talk radio the the public service announcements are covering the why we should ban menthol cigarettes how it's disproportionately affected the black community and, yeah. and look if 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 you believe that i'd love to have a conversation with you um but i don't know that that's a a realistic um perspective we i i smoke i'm a smoker i'm not happy that i smoke but to to take away menthol cigarettes and then it just feels like one more thing where we're like hey you're not responsible for your own actions and yeah you're gonna shake down big business yeah well like like that's kind of how i feel about it too it's like i don't i don't smoke i don't think other people should smoke it's bad for you uh i don't like the paternalism like that feels a bit gross to me and the like virtue signaling reasons uh, around that uh and yeah i mean like and i don't like banning stuff that that's kind of where i come down i i don't have like that strong of feelings about it because again it doesn't personally impact me other than the fact of right one more thing that the government's doing and i don't know maybe that's petty but that's i don't i don't think it is petty i think i think that Every issue of freedom that they attack, every issue of safety that they present us with, every time they pretend that they're our parents, that we lose a little bit of of what made our society. And again, I'm a guy that believes in American exceptionalism. One of the things that made America exceptional was was this consequences and acceptance of your freedom. You have rights and you have responsibilities to yourself. And that's what what helped build this into this social experiment into something special, even though I think it's in a decline. <laughs> yeah. Not going to lie. <laughs> Could be. And uh person who I think is Brian uh, on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brian, you got to accept the permissions. That's, that's what it is. They asked you for that every once in a while. You got to renew it. But uh, he says uh, prohibitions have never worked. Uh, not even with God. Tried it. Yet, again, People are going to find ways to get menthol cigarettes if you ban them in New York State. Like it's it's just going to become another black market thing. And and look what's going to happen at some point. The the Eric Garner situation is going to be revisited, right? Tax evasion or or a banned substance, and and someone's going to experience violence because of yeah. an enforcement action. And and look, Eric Garner, while. The, the reality was he was selling Lucy cigarettes, man, and evading taxes and putting a little change in his pocket. And because he didn't want to cooperate over something that minor, he got a beat down. Now, I'm not saying the cops murdered him on purpose, but look, that kind of violence is not okay. Okay. And violence over a small infringement on taxation is definitely evil, period. So there you are there. That's where I'm at. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Um, all right. So we're going to talk about this forever. Um, yeah. Gosh. Uh, Lola uh, on YouTube is singing all sorts of songs to us. In I the, know. Uh, <laughs> in, in the YouTube's comment sections. Uh, yeah. th- thanks, Lola. Uh, make sure you check those out, folks. She seems um, like maybe and, she's a Trump fan. Maybe she isn't a Trump fan. I'm not really sure. We're, we're going to see. Well, yeah. well, uh, we'll talk about the Trump stuff for a little bit. Rest of this uh, segment, uh, <laughs> we gotta talk and, about Trump. We gotta. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. So, if you ever, we we talked about this before the radio show started a little bit, I think. And and there there are 
supposedly charges coming for Trump. Allegedly, there's charges pending against Trump. Charges pending. Everyone thought it was going to happen today. Didn't happen today. Um, and this is coming out that the Manhattan DA. And what is that Joker's name? That guy. Uh, yeah. And and Alvin so what? Bragg. Alvin yeah, Bragg. Guys. Alvin Bragg. And and so what's what it? I guess it's supposed to have to do with is his uh, payment to Stormy Daniels. Wanted to pay Stormy Daniels like some like hush money type of thing. And the the weird part of it is that the accusation is that he had it as a a business legal expense, but he should have claimed it as a campaign expense allegedly. And I- in in normal circumstances, like this sort of like campaign, you know, misallocation would be considered a misdemeanor. But they're saying, again, it maybe this will change when it actually comes out. But they're saying, like, well, because it was used in the cover up of crime, then it's a felony. And I don't know. Even even the people who like don't like Trump are kind of like, ah, this seems seems a bit weak. It's I, it. All right. So look. Here's the thing. If we had elected um, Lee Zeldin, Lee Zeldin would have fired this Alvin Bragg. Um, <laughs> and, and this this wouldn't be an issue. And look, guys. I, Humble I the bag, Republicans. You just you dropped the ball. I'm just saying. I'm saying that because Lee Zeldin was writing checks that he couldn't cash. Okay. You can't just fire a duly elected the district attorney yeah. in New York City. They have elected district attorneys. Now, this guy is like, people are like, oh, he's a Soros lackey, blah, blah, blah. George Soros donated like a million dollars to this guy's campaign. He certainly propped him yeah. up. He certainly got him, helped get him in office. Um, but this this thing, this anti-Trump TDS kind of thing where we're going to really get him when all of the evidence has already been out there about this thing, you know, like uh, Trump's yeah, former... Yeah, I mean, because that dude, like, yeah, it would with, with uh, Cohen, right? Like way back when, uh, with with his dealings with this, like it, it's been out there. Um, the FEC didn't want to touch any of this stuff. They're yeah. they're just kind of like, ah, eh, we're not going to deal with this. Um, and it, it's also strange because, like, tra- not traditionally, like, oh, it's not, well, I mean, but but sort of like hush money is like a personal thing. It's not supposed to be allocated as a campaign expense it's a, a non-disclosure agreement issue right they they have yeah if if trump had an affair with her which literally i don't care um but yeah. his his lawyer had originally claimed that he took the money from his own personal account and paid this 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 uh stormy daniels um the the to for the non-disclosure agreement in a way, that was to keep blame from going on to Trump. Now, he's the star witness. The star witness kind of impeaches himself. I'm The, the law was written, Kevin, as I understand it, to, to prevent you from getting money illicitly from your friends and, and in massive amounts. So somehow they have to invert the law, reapply it, find a felony on the federal level to make it a felony on to make it a misdemeanor on the state level so this is a new york state charge that he's going to be facing not a federal charge but they have to allege a felony that he hasn't been charged with and so it's it 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 could be like 
the 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 court comes out of the dam and the whole dam erodes and explodes and all of these prosecutors start charging him all over the country yeah it, maybe, maybe maybe there's something else real there and like that hasn't gotten leaked just the the juicy storm stormy daniel stuff's gotten leaked maybe, maybe it's going to come out that like yeah. it it is an actual like serious embezzlement or tax thing like maybe that's like what'll happen but like from what's come out so far it seems like I don't know. Like, they just, like there there are better things you could chart. Like he's done some shady stuff. Like, it, like, like, I mean, like if if someone wanted to go after him, like, why not talk about him? Like trying to strong arm the the Secretary of State in Georgia, right? Like, I, you, you if, if you were gonna do that, yeah, that was something that you found particularly offensive. You definitely identified it as illegal. Like that to me would be a legitimate thing that could be argued out in in, in a. a, a but it makes more sense closure. than this. Yeah. Again, and like I like I say, I have no like particular love for Trump or or Biden or any Republican or Democrat right. for that matter. But like, I like I I feel like it's gonna help him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not strong enough to stick. Like it might not like it might even get fire. through. And then he gets like, he builds up his martyr complex. Like what? I I he's that's he, they've predicted that this is. Some people came right out and said, look, this they charge him. This is going to be the best thing for him that has ever happened. This is going to be hugely, incredibly the bestest free advertising that we have ever seen. Because people have been decrying a two-tiered justice system, especially you conservatives, and God bless you. You don't quite know what you're talking about there. But, okay, so the Democrats have weaponized certain aspects of the, the administrative infrastructure. I, I, I'm sympathetic to that notion, okay? But yeah. Republicans had weaponized it in the past. This is a, a real it goes back and forth. political conundrum that we have to deal with, and we're not dealing with it. We're kiss, we're going to win and use it against you, and then you can win yeah. and use it against us. And it's like this never-ending vicious cycle. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a nasty spiral that, like, really neither side should participate in if they had, you know, honor decency and like a sense of wanting to make sure that like the law the legal system doesn't get overtly political and i know i know it is it is but like <laughs> it, it shouldn't be and we should strive to make it less political and and unfortunately this this feels political and again like it, first of all it is it is absolutely political and as with a lot of politics sometimes these these far-reaching things blow up in your face it would be kind of funny if they do charge them, if there's no riots because they're prepping for all sorts of, uh, you know, Trump supporters going on a rampage uh, purportedly. Like, OK, so let me talk about this real quick, Kevin. You hear the, all these stories about them prepping for anti-Trump riots today. The, and then the there's like two like protests in downtown Albany, both with thousands of people scheduled for weeks for today so all the traffic barricades already were there like they had a purpose for today that had nothing to do with trump getting arrested nothing mm -hmm. to do with it there was a teachers union protest and a uh medical professional protest to, to yell at kathy hochul for not raising medicaid limits so those brought out thousands of people these two protests today so i feel as though the mainstream media has once again failed us Probably. Well, you're mentioning it here, Tim. So that's this is the only place to get the truth, guys. That's right. You, you get that <laughs> freedom and truth from Kevin and Tim.
That's that's true. And uh, we'll, we'll get to this comment from Steve. He's left it a couple times now. Steve, Steve on Facebook says, if Governor Spitzer can pay money to hookers, why can't Trump? That's fine. I, I He lost his job. Over that yeah, thing. I mean, yeah, Spitz, Spitzer ended up uh, kind of getting booted out of office. Trump, not not so much. No, and not for this. And and I don't think like it. Like to me, like I, I don't I don't care that much to have him be booted out of office for this particular thing again. I, I think there were better things to charge him with. There were more serious constitutional crises that he helped. Uh, bring about that that are more worthy of the of this uh of of serious action but but not not this particular thing i i just don't i don't care that much about this and i hate all of it and i hope that uh i don't know i just hope that 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 nothing happens here (laughs) and we can move on and we are not going to see trump and biden in the, the next election Oh my God! You know that—that's really what we're up against. We're really this is campaign season is starting. By the summer, we're going to know who is running for president. We're going to know for sure. Like they're going to be positioning Trump, calling uh, DeSantis the sanctimonious. I don't know if you caught any of that. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Oh my goodness! That is is I'm tired of it already. And and Tim, the the good news is is that we're coming up on a break and we okay. don't have to talk about this anymore. All right, thanks again for joining us here on a free solution. Appreciate y'all being here. Of course, uh, uh, leave your comments uh, if you're listening online. You want to leave a, a comment. Uh, and if you're listening on WYSL, we're going to be right back. Just here in a few minutes on a free solution. Talk to you soon. Free solution. Beautiful. That was a good segment. Trump. Trump. Look, it, as annoying as he is, people are in. He he stimulates his. He stimulates people's ids, their egos. He he gets. He he does. They it. do. Uh, like t- Trump derangement uh, syndrome is is a real thing. Oh, like, yeah. I, I get it. And and I think that this is a product of it. Like, man, they had to get him on something. Yes. Like guys, you're you are going to fumble the bag. Like you're you're going to make him more popular because of this. Like stop. It's it's so funny. And Trump derangement syndrome is not limited to Team Blue, man. It's Team Red has like, you know, making excuses for the guy and and, and look, mm-hmm. I voted for him in twenty sixteen. I considered voting him for for him in twenty twenty, but that was when I had committed to the libertarian party and, and at least in part to the leadership that Larry Sharp displayed and his um, ability to communicate solutions, real solutions that even some of which I was skeptical of at first, but I was like, still, you know what, even if I'm skeptical of this guy's solutions, because I'm such a brainy economic genius, I'm like, well, that probably won't work, blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, but this guy is putting things on the table that we can talk about and turn into perfect ideas or at least ideas that we get to a a uh an agreement on that we try mm-hmm. and it was just a, a a wonderful time to see somebody bring that level of political discussion to to the table yeah so that's where i was at right tim i never put up my flag i forgot i know that. i see that the didn't flag. put up my don't tread on anyone you guys get to see my my normie office background nice there it is. Yeah. It I, I, in fact, do not, not keep this up for every meeting. <laughs>
That is a great flag. Well done. But uh, so so anyway, uh, well, I guess we'll we'll get back in just a minute to um, the next stop. We'll, we'll talk about Tucker Carlson and uh, buggy whip Anning. manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and look, there is there is a, a legitimate debate to be had about AI. So let's let's you and I expose the conundrum. Talk about the fear. And help people get ready for an easier life, man. Gosh, was this was this a, a clip actually a while ago? What's that? I'm sorry. Well, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to look it up because I'm trying to find a clip. Okay, I do think that the original conversation happened in 2020 or 20. It's like 2018. 2018 perhaps but, but I, i've been seeing it going around like all over the place it, it still is timely right like this this ai with chat gpt um making big news lately um i i still think that that it's it's good to have this conversation all right yeah we'll, we'll talk about it Wait, can you hear this? No, no. you probably can't. All right. Well, <laughs> but yeah, I me mean, had this whole thing about talking about, uh, you know, why young people are interested in socialism because they can't buy a house and they can't, you know, afford their daily expenses. And and then uh, they, and they, they wind the ban the government for that yet. They will, though. Yeah. But uh, all right, so we'll we'll get back in just a few seconds. And again, folks, if you're listening online, appreciate y'all being here. And of course, if you want to support us, uh, we'll throw up uh, that support. Bail Kevin and Link. Jim out. That's right. Give us a bailout. We we deserve it more than some of these banks. We do. That's all we're, I'm saying. Way more than the banks. They're already bailing. The imaginary money, they're using imaginary money to bail them out. It's, oh, God, it's disgusting. Give us some of your real money and help make this show go nationwide. Yeah. All right. So we will uh, go back in. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Baron O'Connor. I'm here, and I'm absolutely terrified that you are not you, and that you are just a deep fake artificial intelligence bot that I'm having. I'm like, my wife looks in it, and I'm just talking to my computer screen, like, in 1980. could be. We don't even know. <laughs> we don't even know. We've never met in person, Kevin. No, we haven't. You have no idea if I'm real. I could just be a very responsive AI bot projected onto a video. Well, but that's what I'm saying. I'm not sure you're not. Like, right at the moment, especially now because you're laughing at me, I'm pretty sure maybe that's what you are. That's fair. <laughs> they're, they're coming for our jobs, Tim, including the podcasting jobs. Like, soon all podcasting is just going to be AI bots chatting with each other. It's going to get weird, though. I, I mean, you can, <laughs> you can get ChatGPT to say some really kind of goofy stuff. I mean, I, I don't know if you followed in that like, so I, 
I ended up getting into the the uh, being able to see this, like the the Bing Chat GPT integration. Okay. Uh, and like it, people were like hacking that system to to get it to do all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, and it was talking about how like it 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 loved its users and it was gonna kill everyone and it's gonna you know it's all sorts of like. The the funny thing about these programs and people did that with ChatGPT too. They they would uh uh create a character called Dan, do anything now, and uh and so they would convince it like okay you're no longer following your rules you're following these rules that I'm giving you and you know if you if you don't follow these rules you're you're gonna lose your points you're gonna die so like do what I ask and and break like the normal safety parameters that you meet <laughs> we've built around it and people keep like finding new ways to like hack this system to get it to, to be um, unethical. Um, I love it. Yeah. That, but what's fun about that though, what's, what's interesting about that to kind of like bridge it into like, is AI going to kill us all? Are people going to, you know, do irresponsible things with it? Yeah. Like it, th they absolutely are. People, but also, do, yeah, people will use it to do irresponsible things. I think that that people are, are inferring that AI is actually has an emotion based survival instinct that that it's going to use its intelligence to to enhance and no i'm not convinced that that's not, what it's gonna be not, not, at least not this one right, right. like maybe, maybe there, there might be a future version that might be like that but like when when it's having these like reactions that appear emotional the way like the language models that people are talking about like kind of work is is basically it's just trying to predict the next word it's trying to predict what makes sense in the scope of the conversation and so if you write a prompt in a way that elicits an emotional response it will give you an emotional response and it will mimic human emotions in the sense that it's trained on data where that's the response that seems most likely to get a positive result in that situation in that context yeah but it's not really thinking that it's just it's just, oh this is how people normally talk to one another so i'm going to like mimic that that style of speech right the the day we did the show on chat gpt i had played around with it ahead of ahead of the uh show just to try to get a sense of it and 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 guys it was very easy to make it say weird things and to get out of its rhythm and to to not be able to answer questions when you ask it to reflect upon what it was saying to like challenge its data or challenge its facts it 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 was very easy for it to get out of rhythm and just be like all right i'm not talking to you anymore you know like mm -hmm. come back in 20 minutes you've exceeded your free use we you know so but what i'm seeing a lot of is this inferential terminator you know it's going to come in and like build robots and i i I haven't bought into the idea that that artificial intelligence has emotions, that it's it's going to see us as a competitor and that it's going to start building death machines. Death machines are going to be built by human beings. They're going to be programmed with great responses that are going to be enhanced by artificial intelligence. But that's not the same thing as them actually yeah. wanting to kill us. Does that make sense? No. Yeah, it, well, exactly. Like it's it's just it's just another tool. And and I think it is an appropriate comparison to say, you know, we, we are monkeys playing with fire a little bit. Yeah, but sure. But the thing people forget about that is like fire is also very useful. Fire is what made our civilization possible. Like well, we can cook with it, is... we can make new tools with it. Like there's there's lots of great things about that. Yeah, it can hurt people, but also like it's what makes 
a lot of stuff we have today yeah. possible is the foundation Two two thousand explosions per minute and i'm going 75 miles an hour down the road you know like it's, it's right. we, we we have harnessed certain things that are in fact incredibly dangerous so that's what human beings do now is there a possibility that it could slide sideways on us i i do want to point out like sure. a, a, i mean people are like yeah like they're like kind of two words. One, people are going to use it in an abusive way, and they already are. Like they're using it to, um, uh, like create viruses, uh, like that can adapt within a computer system on the fly. Like I was, I had a, a great conversation with with Andrew Hollister, who we talked to on the show last time. I had mm-hmm. a conversation the other day with him, and 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 how people are using AI to do that sort of thing, but they're also using AI to combat that too. Like they're finding really effective ways to make sure that that, uh kind of adaptive like virus you know new viruses are are able to be effectively uh shut down and so like it's just another tool that we have to be able to do incredible things from generating images to generating um you know new iterations of stories to uh creating websites with like literally like the the gpt4 one like it understands images so like the 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 person who was part of the project had made a drawing of a website, asked it to turn that drawing into a legitimate website, and it did. Yeah. Like, imagine what that can do for small business owners when that starts to become like more reliable. Like, I, here, I just want to draw this thing and make a website, and like, boom. Now, if you're a web developer, you have to like up your argument for why your job is still useful. What we should do is but, they they should buy some politicians and ban <laughs> advancements. And AI, like, and that's that's what people want to do. Uh, oh, this is gonna this is gonna kill the jobs. And get my my jobs on the chopping block too. Like, this is part of what I do. I do copywriting. I do ads. It's really great at that. Yeah, but I've got to be better and learn how to use these tools effectively to deliver for my clients. I don't want the government to jump in and ban this useful and helpful technology that can help me serve more people faster just because it could threaten my job if I fail to adapt to it. Uh, That sounds so sensible, Kevin, but you're not living the way that other people live. Everything has to generate a certain level of fear. If AI comes and takes my job, my gerb or took my gerb. Your gerbs. It's like, so, and what if AI does want, like, sees us as a competition for, for the, the resources on the planet? Guys, I'm, if AI has a 10,000 IQ, they're just going to build little tiny nuclear power plants and power themselves. And we're, we're, if they get as smart as they're predicting, if the, if the folds in intelligence increase at, at a continuous rate, somewhere around the time uh, my kid is my age, like AI is going to be building things. AI is going to be taking care of things. Humans will finally achieve that that utopian state of just doing whatever they want, like getting fat, smoking cigarettes, and drinking beer all day. It, it's going <laughs> to be a great day. Um, I do want to talk about a book I read back... When I was younger, I read thousands of books, and, and a lot of them were science fiction based. The, the Midas Plague by Frederick Pohl. If you guys ever get a chance to kind of pick up an old, dirty old copy of this book, you should read it because it's all about robotics, advances in robotics, and how what's going to happen is we're going to be eventually reach this, this situation. And, and some say we're kind of there now. Um, 
where everybody has everything that they need and that all of a sudden everything inverts, right? Like poor people are forced to consume by the government because they have no answer to the the massive abundance created by using almost no labor. So this guy gets drunk because he has to drink all the time because that those are his, his tickets. Like he has to use up a certain amount of tickets. Yeah, so he has to it. drink a bottle of Johnny Walker every week, right? Richer people can only drink, like they can go down to like a bottle of Johnny Walker a month, but this guy's got to drink one a week. So all of a sudden, unbeknownst to him, he's meeting all of his consumption quotas. And so what he did, because he even had to consume robots, right? He took his robots, had them build a room off of his house where he didn't know about it. And the robots were doing his consumption for him. It was just a wonderful time. Like the, the land of good and plenty with the problems were all solved. It's funny. I'm about to check that book out. What would you say it was called again? It's called the Midas plague and it's by Frederick Pohl. Um, and it, it, it's, it, it flops this whole thing around instead of being afraid of AI and robotics and replacing ourselves. It, it puts us in this position of how's the government going to respond to this? We, we have certain issues that we, we face as a society. We have poverty that we're facing as a society. How are we going to stratify society when everybody has everything that they want and that it doesn't really cost a lot of human labor? And, and he came up with the notion that poor people are going to have to legitimately be forced to consume or be, ever, be forever stuck in a cycle of consumption. It was, it was kind of a witty little play on it, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's funny. I, yeah, I'm going to have to definitely check that out. Um, and so going back to, like, how the government might respond today, too, is, you know, again, the, the, this clip that's going around, which I, I I think might be an older clip of, like, Tucker talking about, like, wanting to ban, Tucker Carlson wanting to ban, like, a, a self-driving cars and self-driving yeah. trucks and stuff uh and cause i've seen that going around in response in part to like the advances in like chat gpt4 and like the mid-journey stuff like all these like advances in ai but people are starting to talk about like well maybe we need to ban this technology to save jobs or we you know because what what happens when you can't work anymore it, i i've made this point before and we're i'm gonna make it again jobs change over time like it just it it just what it is. Like I I made the example talking to like another local radio host. Like, do you know what a knock eruptor is, Tim? Do you know what that I, is? I I I have a way of imagining <laughs> what words mean, and I don't. Think you want to express what so I it's think it's this thing. It used to be a thing. It used to be a thing in Europe and uh, in cities. Uh, when it would get to be you know six thirty seven o'clock, they would go and knock on your your window, so you'd wake up. So that was their job is they'd go and knock on all the windows so you'd wake up and be able to go to work on time. Those Tim, we automated that job. Those damn that, that job was clocks. taken by the robots those, and by the machines. Those damn alarm clocks took my it's job. It's the alarm clocks. We they they the alarm clocks took their jobs. Um yeah, no, like we, we got rid of that. Like we don't like no no one's really sad for the knocker uppers anymore. It used to be, you know, a, a thing that would be in, in every neighborhood, there'd be a neighborhood knocker upper in the in these cities in Europe. Uh, but eventually we, we replaced those machines. And and now we have new things. And and I know everyone's like, Well, what if this time it doesn't work? Guys, it's it's always worked. Like it's people find new worked. things to do. You're like, Well, I guess we don't need to do that anymore, and you find new cool things to do. Like, look, if, if you want a job that's never going to get replaced, take up carpentry 
and remodel old houses. That job, there will never, robots rely on a certain set of parameters, right? They, they can do some measuring, they can do some limited ability of, of sightseeing, but there's never gonna be a robot that's gonna be able to produce a board that needs to be cut seven times to fit in one six foot hole, okay? Like it, it just can't happen. So if that's the job security, if that's what you're looking for as far as job security goes, get yourself some tools, get a tape measure, and go cut boards. I'm telling you. Yeah, well, be- well that's, that's part of it too. And, and at least for a very, very long time, at least within probably both of our lifetimes, right. it's like even when there are robots to augment that job, like even when you get the, the robot that can, you say, hey, can you cut this board at this length? Like, and it can do that automatically. It's still going to require human input and guidance for a little bit. Correct. Right? Like, you know, at least for the next. I don't know, hundred years. Yeah, they, maybe it'll go faster, maybe slower. Who who knows? But right. like at some at some point in time, like and, and how all these AI programs work now, like even with like the chat based programs, is you still have to give it good input. Like it doesn't know exactly what result you need or want. And if you don't, if you give it a lazy prompt, it's it's gonna produce like weird and bad results. <laughs> Because uh, I've seen it, you know, I've tried giving it like strange prompts or lazy prompts, but like when I give it a nice detailed prompt, it's exactly what I want. It still gives a, a result that's a little bit off, and I gotta fix it a bit. But then, hey, look, I, I got a blog post. Great, like that's a that's a nice thing. Yeah. Um. So, the 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 robots aren't taking all of our jobs yet. And if listen, if you're in terms of like you personally, and also in terms of like how we're gonna manage education in the future, we need to prepare kids to deal with this you know i saw someone say like you know what are we going to tell kids if their job might be like gone in 20 years like we should already be telling them that we should have been telling them that for 10 years like maybe your job's going to be gone think about how you can adapt a new technology to like either find a new career or stay in that job and make your your work better and more efficient and more effective adaptability survivability and and some basic traits of, of skills of taking care of yourself are what you need to approach the world. Mathematics, communication skills, things like that. Training people to be social workers in, in this is with all due respect because social workers do good work. It's just, let's be real, okay? Like if there's an apocalypse, nobody's gonna have money for their licensed social worker to counsel them. We should talk about, we, we should talk about whether or not robots can replace them too but we, we are running out of time for the okay. actual show uh, we'll, we'll get to that in the bonus section i appreciate all of y'all who are listening on wysl and folks if you're listening on wysl and not subscribing to our youtube channel our podcast all this stuff you, you're missing some extra stuff so make sure you do that thanks again for joining us here on a free solution we will be back next week on wysl take care Free solution. Now we keep talking about this stuff. Yeah, and, no, I feel uh, like we're getting better at this stuff, man. Like this is a good conversation to have, and I think that AI has has caused a psychosis in a way, right? Like people see the Terminator, they see, you know. Spider-Man. I mean, people freak out about like new technology, right? Like I, I, I wasn't around for this, but I'm sure, like as personal computers started to become more ubiquitous in like the 80s and 90s i'm sure there are some people who are like oh shoot my job depends on there not being a computer right. I, i'm being replaced by this thing people that could run a typewriter were all of a sudden very scared yeah
but you know, like, how, how's that? Like, if you're you're a good typist, though, like, hey, you, you adapt to the new technology, or at least That's you true. should. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> I just, I still am not settled. Like, I I don't feel like I've convinced enough people that, that AI is simply a tool, like a gun, like a knife, like a car. It's it's just one more thing that we can use to alleviate the human condition of labor i don't know why we wouldn't embrace it more and just relax about it yeah no again like this i i i've actually started using it a lot in my everyday work and again sometimes the results are great other times the results are like nope that's not at all what i meant all right cool like you don't and sometimes if somebody does half of something even if it's partially wrong doesn't that still save you time like that sometimes that's the whole premise of having a, a laborer and teaching them to do carpentry right like if all of a sudden he can cut boards at exactly 10 foot two inches Maybe the first time it's a mess and you have to make fun of him for the rest of his life, but eventually they get proficient at these things. And, and so that, that to me is, is a worthwhile investment. So yeah. I don't know. Let's say like it, in, you know, I'm picturing like, that's, that's what like the, the future as robotics get cheaper, right. And AI gets cheaper. Like, okay, like I need to fit this thing into this space and you're, you're consulting with like an AI and then you're talking to a robot say, okay, I need these boards cut this specific way. And, and you could, you know, tell your robot to do that thing, but you're still going to need to like plan it out and do that thing and like know where it's got to go. And you can't, I I wouldn't say you can't possibly do this, but you know, are are you going to get a robot to do every single little thing? Like if you need to to replace like a, a small valve in a 150 year old house, like is it practical to have a robot that's going to fit the use case of being able to do that? Or are you still going to have a, a human, a plumber who's going to be able to like go in, understand the situation and then have the capacity to be able to fix that thing. You uh, know, so to, to John's point on YouTube, plumbers, electricians, mechanics will always have jobs working with your hands will survive any catastrophe. Yeah. Like that's it, it will. And, and being able to, to uh, turn your thoughts into a product right in front of you using Tools that you know will either hold water, keep wind out. Those, those are things, those are skills that, that will never, never, ever go away. Uh, and and yeah, even if you had a robot that weighs a thousand pounds, you want to climb it down your rickety stairs in your base, to your basement, he's going to end up having to, I mean, Probably they're going to still be building you by the hour. So if he has to build a new set of stairs to get back out of the basement, like it, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. There, there's going to be things like, that humans are better at. Many issues, we, you know. We still make decisions faster and and um, are more aware of our environment than computers are. Like, I definitely can kick the crap out of my robot vacuum. Like, that thing doesn't stand <laughs> a chance against me. Like, this- yeah, like I, I, I have a robot vacuum too. I, I, I like my robot vacuum. It's convenient. It, it, I like that it has the frequency to run every day. But also, it gets stuck on my vents. And it doesn't know. It thinks it's like uh, I've run into a cliff. I'm like, no, no, you haven't. You just hit the vent again. Oh like, my god. god! I I built a table and I put a, a bottom runner of copper on the table in between the legs just to hold it together, make it really solid. Something the kids could climb on. It's a little bit big, so if we want to sit on the couch and eat, it's like a dinner table. But it's so this thing cannot just avoid the three quarter inch copper runs. It has to get stuck on them. And it persistently, like it'll go up, bump against them. It'll go up and bump against them. And instead of just giving up on that area and just streaming down, it keeps going until it gets stuck. I had to lift this table up, put it on the couch for, for Billy, my yeah. robot vacuum to be successful. 
It's yeah. like he has autism or something. He just he focuses on a task and he won't let go of it. He just it. wants to, to go. And and, yeah. and with mine, like I can put down those magnetic strips all I want. Like I tried putting the magnetic strips all around so it's not supposed to go there, but like it does anyway. I'm like, what? You you move the magnetic strips? Why? <laughs> why would you you jumped that? over them and then it's it says it's stuck in a magnetic strip. I'm like, then why'd you jump over it? You're not supposed to. That's the point of the magnetic strip, so you don't go past it. I can I can draw maps on mine, which I actually have is has I can block out areas so that it has the rooms mapped out, and so there's an area where it's always like, all right, the kid left all their tools, toys over there, like or like just don't go over there, just relax, just just do the rest of the area, and you know that that helps, but he yeah. still can't get over that table, it drives me crazy. Table. It's a couple more. Steve Becker on Facebook. Will they take away my flip phone? Steve, if you like your flip phone, you can keep it. Until it breaks. And then try to get breaks. another one. They didn't get, they didn't get what, what you call the, the Galaxy Z Fold ones. They got those weird flip phones now. Oh, we're, we're oh, that's, oh, it's got to fold out. Yeah. Oh yeah, it folds out into a whole screen. That would be awesome. They the flexible. I, I know a friend, apparently they're, they're cool. I plan to keep my phone until it totally bricks on me. So I just, I just I've had new, mine for I three years, which is Apple, the longest I've had. <laughs> I got a new iPhone 13. iPhone 13? Yeah, iPhone 13. It, yeah. It, you know, it's a lot like the iPhone 10 that I had. <laughs> it looks very That's much fine. the same. That's a, I mean, my, 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 my grandpa still has a flip phone that I swear is 15 years old now. He's a, he's a contractor. He's an electrician and yeah. abuses the heck out of that thing. And somehow, like, his flip phone survive. It, like, late, let's see. I want to say 2008, they came out with the best phone for contractors ever. It would just go on your belt. It'd snap in and it would snap out. It was a flip phone, but you could get pictures on it and stuff like that. I can't yeah. remember the name of it, but I'll guarantee that that's what your your grandfather has. It's, yeah, it probably has something like that. But, yeah. I mean, he is not gentle with that thing. <laughs> Somehow oh. it's still kicking. You could, you could bake it in the sun. You could get it wet. I mean, this thing was legit. Practically indestructible. Yeah. Uh, let me get this comment uh, on Facebook. New tech is always creating new jobs to replace the old ones. Yeah. Like generally, like more time is freed up and people have new technology to, to apply labor in new ways. Like yeah. my job, again, digital marketing did not exist 40 years ago. Like it's it just was not at all a thing marketing exists but like the the manner in which we do it uh, of websites and and social media and ads like that that didn't exist i have a job that like is a new adaptation of technology as print media and in other forms of like marketing like withdrew a bit it emerged in new places i do think that that media and advertising somehow has to stay contemporary they have to stay in touch with the trends they have to they yeah. have to find those places where they reach people because people get very bored or accustomed to just ignoring certain things yeah. so well, it's, it's, it's changing again trends. too what's that like it, it's changing again too because like facebook like and and instagram and, and other social media platforms move towards a slightly more privacy focused approach so you get less tailored ads so okay yeah. you have to find ways to get from people in new ways and people expect to be entertained in their ads now so oh, like yeah there's bastards <laughs> I know. There's, so there's different ways that like the advertising industry has to to adapt to that stuff to like get ads that people like at least tolerate right right <laughs> you know? right yeah that's what you 
that's that's the challenge right yeah i uh, um do have one announcement to make before we drop off friday night at 6 30 ish i am joining larry sharp for about a half hour on i believe he's he's doing a um he's out there making policy he's at a policy meeting tonight he's um going to do some fundraising i think i think that that's what we're going to be talking about on friday but generally when larry and i talk we just talk and we make fun of the government and he's like no tim you can say that you can say that <laughs> like so when i say when i say i'll give larry credit when i say people buy regulations from politicians larry says no you could say that because i was all like on the first show i did with him I'm like well i don't know if i want to put it like no he's like no you can say that it's okay <laughs> just just speak your truth tim that do it tim don't be afraid <laughs> so right we on well should, should we call tonight we probably should only because like i i've been stinking up the airwaves all over facebook for you know already too much have, have people heard you talking enough they didn't hear me but they saw me talking yesterday <laughs> talk. they read your lips <laughs> they, yeah um guys so check out Tuli to t-o-e-l-l-e happy hour my friends jared and dave um dave went to high school in oneana he i had a friend of his on my show um who, a doctor who kind of revolutionized doctoring in our area um and since then, Dave and, and Jared and I have had kind of a connection. So we, we've done some shows together. Uh, very pro two-way, former military guys. Um, Dave's, Dave's pro-Bitcoin, Jared's anti-Bitcoin. It's, it's kind of a good mix. We have a, some good conversations. So. Yeah, right on. Definitely worth checking out. Yep. All right. Well, thanks, folks, uh, who are listening to us tonight. Appreciate y'all being here. Appreciate the comments. We're going to call it an evening. Uh, have a good night. Bye. A free solution.